0: Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at BuiltByscott by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Langston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is now completely virtual. This amazing operating system that brings the worlds of therapy and performance together in one powerful package can now be digested from the comfort of your home or personal workspace. Reconditioning is about unleashing the human in human performance. It's about understanding why you or your clients are not performing or living your best life and giving you and your clients the skills for optimal performance. Our courses, r 1 Foundations and our 2 Designs take you through a complete process in assessment and intervention. Our rec- Reconditioning specialist mentorship pulls everything together in your operating context and our landmark program, Empower You, helps you navigate your own life so you can be your very best. For more information about reconditioning courses and programs, head over to reconditioninghq.com and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 off the price of any one of our empowering courses. Good day and welcome to Sunday Remarks on the Leave Your Mark podcast. This is a new offering that uh, began a couple of weeks ago. Basically just... uh Myself, chatting about some of the things that I've experienced in my life, and uh, trying to provide some perspective to you, the listener, um, in your world that you can maybe translate into the things that uh, you encounter or you do on a daily basis. Um, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about an experience I had. You know, oftentimes we we listen to uh, podcasts or. Uh, different kinds of educational experiences, and people tell stories about some of the things that happen in a you to themselves in a positive light um, and Today, I want to talk about you know a negative one and a learning experience uh to really kind of bookend or or uh, conceptually um, define this area of overreach in life because we're in the human performance world, a lot of the people who are listening, and overreach is a part of training. We got to sometimes go beyond our measure, beyond our our capacities to stimulate uh, growth, and it's the same thing in our our life. I was... um, Sort of a neophyte in the world of uh, professional hockey. Back in 1998, I was offered a job with the New York Islanders. That was the first position I ever took. Um, I had been working in uh, university athletics for the last ten years before that, and then private clinics. So I'd—I was kind of twelve years into my career at that point, and uh, I. Just had this uh, itch to potentially get into professional sport, and I had started looking around at odd job opportunities, and I was living in Montreal, so had hoped to work with the Canadians, but they weren't hiring, and I was uh, lucky enough to um, to have uh, the head therapist for the Canadians kind of speak for, on my behalf. Uh, Gaetan Lefebvre uh, reached out to uh, a gentleman with the New York Islanders and recommended me and so ...began a course of of change in my life in 1998 where I literally went down, did a job interview, got offered the job, uh, had to turn around, fly home, pack my bags and go back uh, for a two-week training camp. And this is a period of time, uh, Roberto Luongo, uh, for those of you who are hockey people, had just been drafted that summer. Uh, So he was a a new kid on the block with the New York Islanders and uh, later a future superstar, obviously. And uh, I have a few stories about that at some point to talk about. But... (laughs) Did that training camp in um, the head therapist, uh, Richie Campbell, and the assistant therapist, Shonda and great guys that I worked with. Uh, to And I was learning on the job what what was you know going to be expected of me, and I really didn't know what the NHL was all about. I knew what hockey was about, obviously, and I knew uh, training methodology and systems, and I was learning from them and, and from myself. And so I did that two-week camp, came back, and I had to pack all my stuff over the period of the next four weeks um, basically turn my life around uh, because they had hired me full time and I was going to go down and work there And at the time I was uh, dating a, another lady and uh, actually asked her to marry me at that time so that we could go down to the states to uh, to start our life down there um, and that in and of itself is a huge learning story that maybe I'll tell in the future remarks um, so went down and, um, big, basically maybe a week before training camp into Long Island to kind of get my feet grounded. And then right away we were going to do a training camp in Long Island. And this is, uh, the New York Islanders at this point, if you've ever watched the 30 on 30 ESPN about the gentleman, I forget his name, who had bought the team, and basically swindled them into believing they had the money but didn't have the money. And this whole kerfuffle kind of happened around him playing uh, the big shot and, you know, up in the uh, in the owner's box and the limos and everything. And meanwhile, he had no money. So he had sort of uh, done this. And then the team, everybody freaked out. He The team was then sold to another owner. And this new owner had come in the summer that I was hired. And... So as we were going up to Lake Placid, I just met all the training staff, and just getting to know everybody, we went up to Lake Placid to run a, a seven-day training camp, and we were all up there um, putting all the gear together and uh, getting hockey camp set up as one would normally do. And we got a phone call. I'll always remember being in Lake Placid at this bagel uh, restaurant at breakfast in the morning and the... <laughs> All of us are talking and then the head head trainer at the time kind of got a call on his cell phone and uh, he went went off and then came back and told us that uh, we were going to have to go back to uh, Long Island and move all of our equipment and all of our material goods, uh, you know, everything, down to the telephones and the desks and the chairs. Everything had to be moved out of the, um, the playing building. Um, because the owner had decided to try to break the lease. And so (laughs) this is my first introduction to the NHL is basic becoming a mover and (laughs) having to move everything out in a day. And then the next day trying to create a makeshift environment for doing all the testing and, and training of our team, um, and meeting the players, most of the players, the pro players, for the first time at this testing event, getting to know these guys, and then now I'm the I'm the strength coach, so we're going back up to Lake Placid, and um, the players all jump on a on a plane, and you know we get in the back of a box truck and drive up to Lake Placid and um, get up there again, get things reset up, and so now you know we're into training camp, and. Um, You know, I'm getting my feet wet. I'm learning on the job what I gotta do on a daily basis. Uh, I don't really recognize or understand. And and at this time, you know, there wasn't as much um, sort of what I would call construct or uh, a sensibility. You know, there weren't that many people you could lean on to say, well, how do you how do you run training camp as a strength coach in the National Hockey League? Because it wasn't like there was a lot of people doing that at that time. There was a few guys in the NHL, and most of us didn't know each other. I knew Pete Twist, but uh, Uh, You know, P was doing his thing, but the the irony of it was um, that previous summer I had run the first uh, international hockey performance summit. We're uh, hopefully going to run one this summer again, uh, either by Zoom or or live. But that's another story, and. I ran it that summer and Pete Twisted actually spoke at it. And Pete was one of these early uh, early adopter um, guys who had gotten into the, the NHL back in the early 90s with the Vancouver Canucks. He was the first guy really in the in National Hockey League in the Canadian side. Um, there were a few guys in the States. And Pete was kind of the guy we all looked up to for, you know, what do you do, how do you do, how do you train hockey players? And Pete was doing a lot of great stuff uh, off you know in the offseason and would get on ice and he He was a former hockey player himself. And so he, you know, taught all these, uh, you know, call it speed, um, you know, start uh, power types of drills with elastics and um, using some of the big bungee cords and, and parachutes and all this kind of stuff that, you know, he was experimenting with. So he did a workshop at that summit on the, I had built it so that he could go on the ice and he went on the ice and demonstrated all these great drills and, you know, they were fantastic drills, lots of cool stuff. And so as a, younger strength coach kind of getting my feet wet I started you know experimenting with some of this stuff and playing with it but I sort of didn't recognize uh, where it fit into the grand scheme of of developing an athlete I I just or or training an athletes per se these were cool (laughs) drills and um, I'm going to circle back to what I mean by that a little bit later so I find myself you know a few days into the training camp And Mike Milbury is the GM of the team. And Mike um, decides, you know, I think he decides he's going to test me. And there's this uh, old uh, KG veteran, Mike uh, Huff, who's uh, really in the last, I think this is probably the last season he played in the National Hockey League. And Mike is kind of, you know, his wick for extra work is starting to feign. And um, so Mike Huff is uh, not able to go to an exhibition game um, that the team is going to. Uh, he's not going to play. And, uh... That's not sitting well with him, but Mike Milbury wants uh, Mike Huff to skate and to you know stay in shape, so to speak. So uh, me and my infinite wisdom of the time <laughs> think that, okay, this is an opportunity for me to show what I know and what I can do because I wanted to be able to not just be in the gym, but one of my aspirations as a strength coach coming into the NHL was that I really wanted to be able to skate the players and sort of go from point A to point Z or point Z, depending on where you're listening to me from, um, and be able to really take uh, an athlete through the whole continuum of um, return to sport after injury, because I'm both a therapist and strength conditioning coach, and I practice reconditioning, and so for me, being able to do that was, was important. But I didn't really know what I was doing, and uh, most certainly not when it comes to skating an NHL player and the types of drills that you needed to do. And so in my head, you know, skating my cuff was going to be I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, you know, attach some bungees to him and get him to do you know this kind of work and some starts and some uh, you know pulls and uh, you know all this kind of stuff. And so I come out and I've got my bungees and I've got my cones and I go and Mike and I can see Mike looking at me and he's looking at me like what the F are you doing kid you know and I'm not even a kid at this point I'm I'm 34 years old uh, you know I've been around for a little while but I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm sort of saying to myself you know I've got to go out and try this and do this and learn from it so I go out and I get my bungees out and I start doing these drills and Mike is kind of... You know, giving it the college try and it's kind of going sideways. And then I'm getting the FUs and the and the walkaways and the, the really negative moments. And then I remember seeing Mike Milbury kind of walk out and watch this practice. And eventually Mike Milbury sort of calls me over and says, You know, you guys are done, good, you know, to call it a day. And then he sort of, uh, he doesn't really say anything to me. He doesn't say, you know, you effed up or what the F or whatever. But that was effectively the last time I got to skate a player uh, for the New York Islanders. Um, And I learned a huge lesson there that day because um, I, I understood, you know, then and much later on and even when I tell the story I learn again from telling the story that one I had to do it I had to go on and train try it and, and learn from it and explore the possibilities at that moment but number two I, I probably should have done a little bit more research I should have reached out to somebody like Pete or, or another colleague and instead of being um, you know Fearful of the consequences of my peers uh, perceiving me as not knowing what I'm doing, asking those questions, Um, and and I didn't, and so in that player's eyes, I kind of looked like a, a bit of an idiot, and that's okay. You know, you need to look like an idiot sometimes to recognize that you're not, and that you're just learning, and you're trying, and you're doing, and so. I don't know if I ever would have, if I'd gone on and ran a really great skate, um, whether I would have ever been invited to do it again. I mean, it's not it's not usual even today that the strength and conditioning coach uh, skates players who are um, coming back from injury or non-dress, etc. Um, but... All that to say that I learned a lot that day, and I said to myself from that point on that I was going to learn what I needed to know to be able to skate a player on the ice of any position. And I set out over the next few years to watch and observe, and when I went to the New York Rangers, I really... I observed and and talked to uh, Keith Acton was one of the coaches there. He was a great NHL player uh, of uh, himself and then just a great coach and a guy who would go out and skate all the time with the players. and He used to run them through these great drill sessions and then you know do the laps with them at the end and the wallies and the and the down and backs and all these kinds of things and. So, you know, I learned from him how to run a, call it an NHL, you know, non-dress skate or a workout and then some of the drills off of that. I didn't really do any of them and I started getting on the ice a little bit with uh, with him and uh, when the team was away and just... Sort of picking up my skills as a, as a passer because that's another animal all in itself is being able to pass a puck to an NHL player. That's a, that's a special thing to, to learn how to do and be able to do uh, well and be respected for it because that's, that's an immediate moment where the players gain a greater degree of respect for you. Um, And I just, you know, I just dove into it. And by the time I reached the Canadians and worked with the Habs for several years, I was able to really start skating. Every player of every dimension could go out with a group of players and run a skate. And then eventually got to a point where I was, you know, I worked with Roly Melanson, who was the goalie coach there, to really understand the goalie position. And by the time I finished my NHL career, I really could skate any player on the ice. Um, And it all kind of came from this moment of, um, fear, overcoming fear, um, trying my best, um, to some degree, making a fool of myself and recognizing what I had to do better to to, to be better. And so I wanted to offer that up to you because uh, not everything we do uh, the first time is perfect and not everything we do um, ever is perfect, really. We want to just uh, work to be better, not perfect, and to try to improve ourselves and, and be the best uh, measure of uh, professional and person that we can be. So I hope that story has some value to you um, as as you look uh, at the things that you're doing in your in your career and your life, and I uh, wish you all the best, and uh, I'll be back next Sunday with the Sunday Remarks. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today, and we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story, taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at KingOpay and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.